podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. It's week 10. It's the Sunflower Showdown. On the Jayhawks side of things, is is Carter Stanley the most improved player in the Big 12? On the Wildcats side of things, what's with their up and down play? Why why did the slide? How did they upset Oklahoma? Who will win the Governor's Cup? Oh yeah, we're also going to make some picks. I'm Chris Ross, and this is the 10-12 Podcast the podcast that covers all 10 teams of the Big 12 Conference. Since we didn't have a Game of the Week preview this week, and since there's just two Big 12 games left to pick, we start today's episode with a quick breakdown of the rivalry matchup to kind of take place out of that Game of the Week. Uh, And since we're talking Kansas State at Kansas, we thought it was a perfect time to bring Andy Mitz as our guest picker. Both the Wildcats and the Jayhawks are on a hot streak with big wins last week. Kansas State upset Oklahoma, while Kansas got got a Big 12 win against Texas Tech. It's an interesting matchup. Also, since we have just two Big 12 games to pick this week, we're going to do something a bit different. In addition to our non-Big 12 pick, we're also making, we're each making an upset pick of the week. It's a great episode. Super happy to have Andy on this week. Let's go. It's Friday, and you know what that means. That means it's time to make picks for the week. A little bit different this week. We're only picking two of the three games. Sorry, but you know, recording on Thursday, this goes live Friday morning, and Baylor, West Virginia happened last night. And I will tell you what we think happens in that game, but we're not actually going to make picks and make it count because I don't, I don't really want to do that. Uh, we do have a guest picker. Very excited to have Andy Mitz, uh, regular contributor to the pod, uh, host of the Rock Chuck podcast, writer for Rock Chuck Talk and writer for Land Grant Gauntlet, joining us to make picks this week. Andy, welcome back, man. 
good to be back. I, I was wondering when I was going to get an option or an opportunity to come make picks with you guys. So I'm glad it's today when we're getting ready for the Sunflower Showdown. Well, and that is why we have you here. So normally we do our big game preview on Wednesday. Uh, our game of the week is the Sunflower Showdown because it's a game that definitely didn't look interesting a month ago and now suddenly looks really interesting. Uh, obviously we do those on Wednesdays, but I wasn't going to not do a basketball preview with the season really getting underway next week. wanted to get that early. had a great chat with Kyle Boone. If you haven't had a chance to go listen, go do. I make some statements and he agreed with way more of them than I thought he would. Uh, but... Before we make our picks this week, and we're going to do a couple things a little bit different, um, let's talk about this game. I am weirdly intrigued by this showdown between Kansas and Kansas State because when think about a month ago, these were two teams that just seemed like this game would just hopefully be a ba- might be a battle for last place in the Big 12. Now we've got 5-2 and two Kansas State coming off a big win over Oklahoma, a, a Kansas team who seems to have just found an offensive resurgence coming off a win off Texas Tech. This is a really interesting game. Now, obviously, nationally, most people don't care, but Andy, I'm curious from your perspective, what's what's the vibe in around the Kansas program? Because you know, this is a big game. It's a rivalry game, and rivalry games are crazy and big. But now there actually feels like there's some stakes to it outside of just you know maybe we'll win this year. Yeah, I mean, and this is one of those rivalry games that the last two years the Kansas team has felt that they should have won both of those games, and so. You thought coming in with Les Miles and, you know, what you were expecting him to bring coming into the year and how, you know, how poorly Kansas State was looking to be. Um, Like before the year even started, there was a lot of thought that if Kansas is going to get a Big 12 win, it's going to be this 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 game at home rivalry game. They were so close last year and not much change materially with the actual programs in terms of the talent they had. Um, That kind of flipped on its head when Kansas State got off to that dominating start in in the non-conference. You know, and you were worried about what Kansas was doing with the offense sputtering. Um, but then Kansas State fell off in, in conference play, and Kansas kind of picked it up a little bit. You saw a little bit better from the offense and then from the defense. And then you're right. These last two weeks have just been – or actually the, the last three weeks have just been completely turning everything on its head because it now looks like Kansas State has a legitimate shot to work its way up towards the top of the conference. And Kansas, with the offense that they have, um, you know, just looks like they're going to compete with everybody and that, you know – they may, they're, they're probably not going to win all the rest of the games that they have, but they should be competitive in all of them except for maybe one. And so, you know, this is a game that I think before the year, Kansas was, was pegging as something that they could win. Um, and now it's back to, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really close. This is the first time that I can remember where Kansas has only been a single-digit underdog going into the game, um, you know, which is really saying something because the last few years, a Kansas State team has not really – been trending very well going into the game either you would have thought with Kansas or I'm sorry with with Kansas State beating Oklahoma last week that that line would have jumped a whole lot more um, but it opened up I, I believe it opened up at eight from what I saw and it dropped down real quick and it started to kind of bounce back up a little bit but you know I, I'm shocked that it's as close as it is um, you know but looking at the way that these teams go like we have two contrasting styles in terms of offensively Kansas State really wants to slow the game down um, you know, and and chip away with their running game. Kansas is a very quick scoring game. They like big chunk plays with both the the running game and the passing game. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who is going to be able to get the game going in the way that they like. This is a lot kind of on the line for Kansas here in a weird way. Despite being three and five, a it would get them their most wins in a season in <clears throat> like a decade. 
B, it would give you a win over your rival for the first time in a long time. And C, it would, I would say, and I'll go out on a limb here and say, it would almost guarantee they don't finish in last place in the Big 12 this year. Which, you know, I, we weren't, none of us were big on the less miles higher to start in the offseason. And he made the very bold and seemingly correct decision to make a change at offensive coordinator at the middle of the season and, and promote a guy who was an analyst who'd been working in like NAIA last season and Brent Deerman. Like I, I think I'm going to go ahead and just cook up my crow and eat it and say this less miles higher so far has really worked in Kansas's favor. Chris, I'm, I'm curious what, what, what you think about, about that and just like, what's your take on this game? Well, it's hard to argue that that hasn't had an impact. I wondered what could come of it at this point. You kind of are who you are. You're halfway through the season, and you can switch some things up. But I wasn't I wasn't sure how effective it would truly be until possibly next season, right? But it, the Texas game showed, uh, and then uh, Texas Tech last week, that it was uh, very effective and that they look like a completely different team now. They look like a team that can compete in the conference. They can win games. And the bottom of those conferences is getting a heck of a lot better. And that's uh, th- that's good on for national perspective, but it's also bad because then we start consuming ourselves even more. Uh, this matchup, it's really intriguing because, I mean, Carter Stanley, I really like what we're seeing out of him right now. Uh, statistically, it's hard to make that comparison, it's hard to look at the matchup because you really only have two games of data. But at the same time, the more we see this new Jayhawk offense, the more defensive coordinators can kind of plan for it and, and uh, know what to expect. This, I think this game's going to show us a lot for sure. Yeah, it's definitely interesting as well with this game because what you saw in that game against Texas Tech was that the Red Raiders focused on keeping Puka Williams from killing them. Like he had 21 mm-hmm. rushes, only had 69 yards rushing. So they really clamped down on what he was able to do. Um, but Kansas now, with this new offense, was able to turn then to Carter Stanley, and he was able to make a bunch of big plays to a bunch of different guys down the field. It wasn't just like, while, while Stephon Robinson Jr. was the most impressive of the wide receivers, um, you know, he had what, what should have been three touchdown passes, but he had almost 200 yards. You know, he was still making big plays to guys like um, Kwame Lasseter, Andrew Parchment, Dalen Charlotte, like he was spreading the ball around, taking advantage of the fact, you know, that he has multiple pass catchers out there that can make big plays. Um, and, and, and that's what this Kansas offense is now built on is getting big chunk plays, finding the weaknesses in that defense and finding ways to exploit it for huge games at a time. Like if, if, if Kansas has to get into a style of a game where they have to methodically drive down the field, um, I don't know that they're necessarily equipped to handle that very well. They are definitely a very high tempo, you know, grab as many yards as you can as quickly as possible and force the other team into mistakes because they have to make really snap decisions. Um, it's, complete, it's, it's completely different from what we're used to seeing with this team. Yeah, I was going to ask, is Carter Stanley the most improved player in the entire conference? Because, I mean, Philip, you picked him up as a just a junk quarterback because you needed somebody to get some points. And now you have a legitimately a guy going out and getting you a decent amount of points each week in fan in our fantasy league. Yeah, let me let me just say um, the combination of of Chuba and uh, Charlie Kohler are why I'm winning that league. But uh, having Carter Stanley be like currently the sixth best quarterback, and I mean that's overall season. Like he's really just 
come on. Mm-hmm. Especially since with Britt Dearman's system, like it has really just shown what he could actually be. And I've been I've been very impressed with. Him. I was really impressed with him in that Texas game, and and I I do feel bad for you know Kansas on account of the refs decided to give Texas four seconds so they didn't actually have, and Kansas actually probably should have won that game. All that aside, I've I've been really impressed with the way he's looked a this season, but especially these last few weeks. And and Deerman has just kind of brought the best out of him. Yeah, definitely. And and to be honest, you know, I think what's most impressive about it, you look at all of the chaos that we had last week and all of the big performances. You know, Kansas had two of the um, players of the week from the Big 12 Conference. Carter Stanley was named the Offensive Player of the Week, and then Liam Jones was named the Special Teams Player of the Week, um, which I was kind of scratching my head on that a little bit until you account for the fact that the block that he had, or both blocks actually, they had the extra point and then the field goal were just the off the special teams like line not blocking at all. And so they had a free shot at the ball. Um, but the fact that those two players have stepped up so much, they're getting that kind of recognition shows you just how far this team has actually come. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's incredible. And what's really interesting about this matchup is you talk about how far the team has come last week for the Texas tech game. I said that, I was leaning on Texas Tech early on, and I thought because you know Kansas, they they you know they play Texas tough, but they lost, and so I might be a little dejected. But then I started thinking about it, and I said, if anything, that just shows that they can compete with just about anybody in this conference, and they might come out actually believing in themselves. And that's what we saw: that not only can they compete, they can get wins. But then on the other side of the matchup, we're also seeing that out of Kansas State, they're on a little bit of a streak. Uh, the big win over Oklahoma, that's uh, it's a really, it's just a really interesting week after what happened last week. It's weird for Kansas State. You know, they start the season 3-0 in non-conference, look really impressive in that win over Mississippi State, and then conference play starts, and they did not look good, and they've just kind of turned it back on. They've, they've righted the ship. The offense has looked much, much better. A shout-out to Skylar Thompson. He started the season great. He played horrible in those first couple games in Big 12 play, and he's really he's really kind of gone back to what he was doing in those non-conference games. It looked impressive. I We we thought this was a good hire, uh, but Kleiman has impressed me as well. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I did not expect to see to see them be this expe- successful this quickly, and, and obviously there's still plenty of games to go, but they're going to make a bowl game. Let's just go ahead. I'm going to go. I don't think it's a big reach to say with five wins already under their belt. This is going to, they're going to make a bowl game and could probably finish third, fourth, depending upon how the game against Iowa state goes, how Iowa state season continues. I, the top of the big 12 might not be as great as the top of other conferences, but a middle that we thought was just going to be a total mess is actually, yeah, it's kind of a jumbled mess, but it's really interesting and really intriguing. And this has been a, a really fun conference season because of things like what's going on in Lawrence and what's going on in Manhattan. Can I ask you, like, when we look at Kansas, we can see and we can say, well, this is why they're coming on. With the Boston College game, we saw that, you know, they came on and they had that impressive performance and it kind of went away. And then they make the change at offensive coordinator for good. And they nearly defeat Texas. Then they beat Texas Tech. And and so we can kind of point to that thing of why Kansas, the turnaround. But with Kansas State, it's a bit different. The I mean, is it just losing Malik Knowles? Is is that why they kind of had that slump in the middle and now they've figured that out? Or is, is there something else why they, they're having that up and down play? I don't know. I mean, Skylar Thompson, 
I know he relies on Malik Knowles, but he was not playing well. I mean, I watched that OSU Kansas State game and he was awful. Like I yeah, the OSU defense played well, but he was really bad in that game. And they just couldn't seem to get the offense going at all. And you know, that 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 happens with new coaching staffs. You're gonna take steps forward and steps backwards. And I think I think at this point they've just they're clicking. I think they figured everything out. They've kind of figured out who they are, what works, and, and Skylar Thompson is finally comfortable. And I think I think this is what this team is. I think the the team that Kansas State was through non-conference, that's who they were, and this is who they were. And that team that had that two-game losing streak that was bad, I think that's just it's just what happens when you have a whole new coaching staff. Like it, you're gonna have some bumps along the way. And I, I but I think this is what Kansas State is. So I'm I'm really interested to see what happens in this Kansas State Kansas game, and I think uh, I think we should start there with our picks since that's been our topic. And and, and Andy quick, is our uh, go ahead. Real, real, real quick, Philip, um, what I've actually seen from Kansas State, I do think that there actually is something that jumps out that explains what the difference is. Oh. Um, Kansas State coming into the year, their strengths were always going to be the offensive and the defensive line. You know, Bill Bill Snyder had a lot of faults in the last few years that he was there, but the one thing he did well was to make sure that those lines were strong and use those lines to try to build his team. And that carried over to Chris Kleiman. You know, he, he's really been able to utilize that. What, I, what I've noticed is a little bit different is that the way he is running his lines and the way that they try to overpower their opponents is a little bit different from what Snyder was doing. And so in those first three games, they were able to overpower the opponents based solely on the disparity in talent that they had. Um, against Oklahoma State and Baylor, they weren't able to do that so much. It looked like they were trying to learn some additional concepts and change a few things. And, you know, the, the competition just stepped up so much that they weren't able to handle it. And, and, and you saw a few of the issues against Mississippi State as well, uh, but they were still able to go ahead and win that one thanks to special teams. What we saw with TCU and Oklahoma was the lines were getting back to being dominant on both sides of the ball. They really seemed to figure out what it was that they were trying to do differently and were able to do enough now to overcome any kind of talent disparity there might have been for either of those units. And so what we're, what we're really getting is, we are now seeing um, that, that those lines are now setting the stage for the team to get the success that they need. Whether it continues is, is, is another question. I'm especially worried about Kansas State's defensive line because they were overpowering the Oklahoma offensive line for a good portion of that game. And when Oklahoma transitioned to a get-the-ball-out-really-quick offense, you know, as they were needing to come back from that huge deficit, Kansas State really, really had problems defensively. Kansas State's off, or Kansas offense is built upon that. So this week, we'll get a really good idea to see how far that defensive line especially has come with that type of scheme to see if they can continue to build on that and continue to get better. All right. So, Andy, uh, you're our guest picker. I'm going to let you go first on this one. Uh, at this point, uh, Kansas State is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. You can get this line at 54-and-a-half or 55 if that, as an over-under if that matters to you. Uh, what, uh, what's your pick in this game? So I, I was seeing KU at, at uh, a six-point underdog, but even with the five-and-a-half, I'm going to go with Kansas on this one. I think this is going to be a very hotly contested game, very, very competitive. I'm still not sure who's actually going to win it, but I do think the team that wins it is probably only going to win by a field goal. Um, so I'm, I'm comfortable taking KU with the five-and-a-half points. Fair enough. Chris, what do you got in this one? Yeah, I keep going back and forth because at a certain point, I do think Kansas State uh, – is going to get the win, uh, mostly due to line play and being dominant there. But I, I really like what we've seen out of Kansas lately. It, it, this is just a really tough one. I, I'm going to go rivalry game, Kansas being the home team, the dog, that this is closer than than the six points or, I guess, uh, five and a half. So uh, I, I'm going to go with Kansas on this one. 
I love when we all just agree. It makes it so interesting. I mean, I, I agree. Yeah, the line is actually, since I wrote all these notes down, it's up to six in favor of Kansas State. You can still get it at five and a half. Um, yeah, I just, and maybe at some point you think Kansas is going to take a step back, you know, as they still try to figure things out. But at home and a rivalry game and you throw all this stuff out, I think Kansas is going to be up for this. I think there's going to be a decent crowd for this game because they, they actually – you know, it's a Kansas team that's fun to watch. Like now fans have something to watch and be excited about and actually feel like they could win a game. And and this is a great opportunity for them to do so. I think Kansas State coming off a big win, you know, you're on the road against a rival. I I think this But you know the Kansas State coming off a big win, Kansas is also coming off a big win. We're we're talking about two two teams that rushed the field last week. You know, it's does that, I got is, in trouble does that wash for it, out? Which yeah. I don't even want to talk about that. That's stupid. <laughs> What's ridiculous? Big Twelve. I mean, but that's the rule. They all knew. They all knew that they were going to get fined for it. Whoop, whoop. Fun police here. Uh, stop it. Stop having fun. Stop enjoying yourself. Be act like you've been here before. Well, Kansas hasn't, so they don't know how. Um, let's just let's just go ahead and say I I, I will take Kansas. We're all in agreement. I I think Kansas covers the six point line. I think Kansas wins this one. I think they pull this one out. I've thought that for a while. Even with Kansas State improving, so too offensively has Kansas. I think Kansas wins a close one, but so either way, I, I agree. I, I think I think Kansas covers that six point line. Uh, before we hit our other Big Twelve game, let's uh, this week we're doing something a little bit different, just because we wanted to have a, enough games to pick to make it worthwhile. Uh, we're all picking an upset, flat out upset. Pick one dog you think actually wins. Uh, and Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take this one first. Okay, so uh, I'm just to make it short and sweet. I am headed to the Big Ten. Nebraska playing at Purdue. Nebraska is the three and a half point favorite. I, uh, I, I like Purdue in this one. I I get Nebraska's the better team, but Purdue's at home. I like that. It's just a three and a half point line, so you know they're not much of a dog. And uh, you know Nebraska's only covered the spread one time this year, so I like Purdue to pull off the upset at home. All right, uh, I'm heading to the SEC. And I gotta be honest, right now Georgia is a six or six and a half point favorite. Where you look over Florida, I think Georgia is coming to this game with a ton of pressure, a ton of pressure. Last two years in a row, they had double digit leads over Alabama and blew them. Now they've got this season. You've lost a game to South Carolina, who's not a good South Carolina team. You play this game. If they lose this game, they're the SEC. They're they're out of the race. They're just playing for a nice bowl game, playing for a nice New Year's Six game, maybe. Florida has nothing to lose. I, mean, I know that they are also playing for a, a berth in the SEC title game, but for the coaching pressure here, Dan Mullen's in year two. Like, he's got nothing to lose here. If they win, great. His record is already better than Urban Myers was in year two. Like, he, Dan Mullen is playing with house money. They're at home. I like Georgia, or I like Florida to get the win over Georgia. I think Florida wins. I think Florida's the SEC East rep in the SEC championship game. I think... I think Georgia loses this game. I'm picking Florida. Yeah, so I had thought about going a little independent Mountain West and going with BYU over Utah State, but there's a little too much, I think, volatility in the way that BYU plays. So instead, my actual pick is going to be, you know, and I was shocked when I saw this line, number 15 uh, SMU traveling to number 24 Memphis. For some reason, Memphis is a six-point favorite in this game, and I just don't understand how that's even possible. SMU has been very, very impressive. Their offense has been 
absolutely phenomenal this year, um, and they are undefeated. Memphis honestly should have two losses. They should have lost that game last week against Tulsa, and Tulsa unexplained, you know, inexplicably just missed pretty much a gimme field goal. Um, and so, like, I don't think this Memphis team is as good as they are ranked, as, as good as people are expecting them to be. I think SMU is going to just completely destroy them in this game. Yeah, that, that's a good pick. I like that. Yeah. I will note, though, SMU almost lost to Tulsa as well. So if you want a, a comparison there, you know, Tulsa blew a, a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter and lost it overtime and missed a field goal against Memphis. So Thank you both for reminding me of that. Yes. On the kick I made. You're welcome. I'm happy to happy to help. Uh, okay, so let's we'll save OSU TCU for the end. Uh, let's go to our non big or traditional non Big Twelve pick. Chris, you're usually pretty good here, so I'll I'm gonna go first. I am. Um, I bounced around on what I wanted to do in this way, and I have I've settled on this game. Western Kentucky is currently a one and a half point favorite over Florida Atlantic. I know this is a weird sounding game. Well, they're at Western Kentucky, but let me say this. Florida Atlantic offensively is far better than Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is a good team defensively. They are, and they're at home. That matters. Western Kentucky is plus one in turnovers on the season. FAU is plus eight. Western Kentucky has turned the ball over five times, gained six. Florida Atlantic has turned it over two times. Well, they're averaging turnovers lost. I'll just put it this way. Uh, I like FAU to go on the road and get the win here. At a one and a half point, I got I to gotta pick it like that. But I, I like FAU over Western Kentucky. I know Western Kentucky is a one and a half point favorite. I like FAU. That's where I'm going. All right, Andy, non-Big 12 pick, what do you got? So I decided to go out to the Pac-12 for this one. Uh, I saw a couple, a couple lines that I was confused by. Um, Oregon, you know, only a four and a half point favorite over USC. Um, but that one, again, kind of like my, my BYU pick that I passed on, just a little too much unknown there. The one that really baffled me, though, was number nine, Utah, is only a three-point favorite over Washington. And I realized that, you know, Washington has been tough when they're at home um, in the past. But this year, this team is just nowhere near as good as they have been. And Utah has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, I think Utah wins this one going away. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I, I would be tempted to take this line even if it was like 16-17 for Utah. I think Utah is going to absolutely destroy Washington. It's not even going to be close. You know, this one's going to be over probably before the halftime. All right, Chris, what you what you going with? All right, you said I've been pretty good at these, and, and I guess I have, but last week uh, was not good for me. So I'm trying to rebound here. I, I'm going to group of five. I'm looking Texas State at UL Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. This is it's a big number. Uh, it's UL by uh, by 22 and a half. But I'm going to ride with the with the Raging Cajuns. I, I like him this game. They're five and two against the spread. Texas State is two and five. ESPN's uh, FPI gives Texas State a uh, 5.7% chance of winning this game. It's tough. Uh, I do think there's a lot of disparity here. I like I like to find a home team in these that I, I feel like there's some value. The question is that number seems pretty right. All right. Okay. All right. Interesting pick. Um, so let's, let's wrap it up here, boys. Let's wrap it up with what? Uh, just real quick. Just Baylor, West Virginia. I don't care about the line. Chris, who wins? Baylor. West Virginia uh, missed the upset train. If, if we had picked this one, I probably would have gone with the over. 
um, the over being at 56 and a half. But since this doesn't count for picks, I think Baylor is going to come out and prove something here. They don't want West Virginia extending the chaos. I don't think they'll give them even an opportunity to do it. No, not Baylor's a, you can get the line at 18 and a half. And I think they, they cover that pretty easily. I, it's not a shot at West Virginia. They're just, it is not going well right now. You're in Waco. I just, no, Baylor, Baylor wins that one pretty easy. Okay. Last pick of the week, Oklahoma state at home, currently a three point favorite over TCU. Before we make some picks, can I just talk about the absurdity of the big 12 where TCU opens up as a four point favorite over Texas last week, gets the win and now Oklahoma State's the favorite over TCU this week. I I don't this conference. I know, I know. Well, because OSU opened as a five and a half point favorite. That line's down to three. Yeah. Um. Andy? But you're forgetting to mention the fact that Oklahoma State beat Iowa State and on the road. Know, they were a fairly big underdog on the road. I don't. I don't think you can take well. last week's results into account for anything. When when every dog won last week, like you kind of have to take that and go, that's this week, throw it out. Like it's kind of like having rivalry games. Like you can't take that data in what felt like just like a fate-filled wild weekend for the Big Twelve and go, okay, now let's apply it to what what feels like a what normally is going to happen because normally OSU shouldn't win at Iowa State like that. Kansas State shouldn't have beaten Oklahoma. Like that doesn't make any sense. I mean, but we all we all looked at that TCU line last week, and we're like, "Whoa!" They opened as a favorite out over Texas, and then TCU came out and covered. I know it. I know Vegas is smarter than all of us. That's that's all I can say. Well, so so Chris, since uh, since you feel so strongly about this game, uh, what what's your pick? Well, last week I made the mistake of not listening to Vegas and uh, pretending like I thought I knew more than they did, and uh, <laughs> I'm not going to make that mistake this week. So. I'm going to continue to pick against TCU, apparently, which is at my own peril. But I, uh, I'm going to ride with Vegas here, uh, take the Cowboys. I think they're slowly starting to figure some stuff out. There's a big caveat. Um, if Tylon Wallace is, in fact, out of this game, which there's a lot of rumor on Twitter, nothing, uh, nothing even close to confirmed. It is highly just rumor at this point. Uh, then I pick my switch, but right now I, I'm going with Oklahoma State. Fair enough. Andy, what do you got here? Yeah, I mean, I, I hate to just agree with him, but to be honest, like I see this game as two stronger defenses than, than you might think, two quarterbacks who just have a ton of inconsistency issues. If you, you, know, if, if you were to tell me that you came you know, from three days in the future and you saw how this game actually occurred – I probably wouldn't be surprised by anything you would tell me. Like I could say, okay, I, I think that makes sense. I could see how that happens. So this one is really, really tough to pick. I do think the fact that Oklahoma State's at home um, is just a little bit you know, better. I, I, I'm afraid that there's going to be a push on this game because I could see this coming down to a last-minute field goal um, and, and Oklahoma State winning it at home on a last-second field goal. Um, but I, I think I have to go ahead and ride with Oklahoma State here. I just think that we've seen enough from both of these teams recently um, to think that both of them are improving, but Oklahoma State, I think, is just going to get that boost from being at home. So I got to be honest. I've thought long and hard about the under on this game. Uh, I, I see some big scoring plays and a whole lot of bad offense in the middle. Um, I, 59, I can get it at 59, 59 and a half. I can get it at 60, which is nice because I'm you know, under on 60 in this game. I, 
I, I, this is, I have said all week, I don't have a feel on this game. I have no idea what to expect. If OSU wins, it wouldn't shock me. If TCU wins, it wouldn't shock me. I think the only thing that would shock me is a blowout either way. I just, I don't know how to feel. And I, I know OSU's at home. That hasn't done them a ton of good. Um, OSU is a favorite. That hasn't been a, a great thing for them the last three years either. And I know Spencer Sanders has made progress. But the two things that concern me for this game is this. TCU finally opened up the offense last week and decided to start throwing the ball downfield. I don't think that's going to go away this week. Um, Duggan has turned the ball over one time. He's got one interception. Um, I think he's pretty good in that in that department. Sanders had a much better game from a turnover standpoint, only did turn it over once, only one interception, though he had another one that nearly happened that was pretty close. It was dropped. I think Sanders has a little bit of a... A, a drop back game. I think Gary Patterson does a really good job defensively. I think he has done so these past couple seasons against OSU. I'm actually going to take TCU in this one to cover. Maybe OSU wins by a point. I know. I I just I don't I don't feel good about this game for OSU. So I'm going to take TCU. All right. So picks are done. Very exciting. We will be uh, we back on Monday. I promise we will have a Monday episode this week. Um, We've got some technical issues dealt with. I'm very excited about that. It's been pretty... Obviously, we had a basketball episode. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy about it. We're using a new system that should solve this problem. So I'm. we will have a Monday episode. I have a special guest. Someone new. Okay. Uh, I want to shout out to, to Michael Van Loon. He reached out to us on Twitter and mentioned that we should use Zoom as our as our new way of recording. That's what we're using. So props to him. Thank you very much. It's, it's worked so far. We'll see if it continues to do so. So Andy, if everybody wants to check out the work you do covering Kansas and the rest of Big 12, where can they do so? Yeah, obviously I write about Kansas over at Land Grand Gauntlet. Um, I also have my own podcast, the Rock Chalk Podcast. You can find that on Twitter at Rock Chalk Pod. And then I also do some writing for the SB Nation site that covers the Jayhawks. It's Rock Chalk Talk. Uh, I put a lot up over there as well. Boys, enjoy the games this weekend. I know I will. And uh, we'll talk to you all on Monday. Hey guys, a couple of things before we go. Just a reminder, make sure you're subscribed to the 1012 podcast so you don't miss a single episode during the football season. Two, rate and review the show five stars. Please, it helps guests get the word out about the show to other people. Plus, we just like to know what you like and don't like. Just if you're going to give us one star, let us know why. We appreciate it. Don't forget, if you want to be part of our first mailbag episode this month, shoot us your question. You can DM us on Twitter, at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast, or you can shoot it to us in an email. That's 1012podcast, T-E-N, number 12, word podcast, at gmail.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.